I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. Oh my goodness, guys. This is Amberly Lyons. This is the hotter, sexier Chakra Girl Radio, might I add. Anyways, it's me. I'm your spiritual BFF. I'm a chakra expert. I'm the founder of Chakra Girl Co. and the Glam and Grounded Life membership, where we're making the world more chic and connected, one activated chakra at a time. And today is so, so special, not only because it's our first week back from hiatus slash summer break slash drinking, eating, beaching. I mean, I'm still doing those things. Don't get me wrong. But... It's also very special because we have a guest with us that has literally changed my life over the last year or so. Shaman Durek is in his house. He is on fire in this episode and he's serving up all the spirit hacks. We are getting specific spirit hacks that you can do today to release your demons and really live from a place of love rather than fear. We're talking about how to use your feminine energy to sense quantumly. We're talking about how to raise our vibes, release old programming, just change the whole world while we're doing it. And it really starts with us. Okay. We're giving all the BTS deets about Shaman Derek's new book. You can order it now, pre-order it on Amazon. It's called Spirit Hacking and it is so freaking good. So go order it before it sells out because I'm going to be reading this one on repeat. Okay. So before we get into that, I've missed you guys. Shaka Girl Radio has been going, you know, we, we were on summer break. We've been working hard as well though, but I've gone to Vegas. I've been in LA now for about a week, and then I'm going to Palm Springs today, hosting a retreat. I've really been living it up, but also working my booty off. We launched the Glam and Grounded membership, which I'm really excited to share with the Shocker Girl radio community. We already have a hundred girls in this community. It's just this high vibe group of Shocker babes where 
really mapping out your most glam and grounded life at the beginning and then unblocking every single chakra so that you get that life and you start, it starts to be like magnetized to you. So in the glam and grounded membership, you're going to be making new chakra besties too. And we're going to have in-person meetups in LA, New York, Vancouver, Toronto, and maybe even more, but those three for sure. Plus, you all get to talk to me on the phone once a month on a group Q&A call. You're getting monthly chakra trainings, videos, rituals fresh from me, and it's all for you guys. First Chakra Girl Radio Girls. It's only $37 a month. Can you even? And you can cancel at any time. There's no long-term commitment. But if you're like me and you like feel grounded in commitment, you can sign up for six months or a year at a time. You save money. You get bonuses. And I want a chakra party with you guys. So go to chakragirlco.com slash membership. And if you use the coupon code podcast, you get it for only $37 a month, you guys. So that's really what I've been up to is creating this amazing community for you guys. We've already have a hundred people in there, like I said, and the group is just getting more and more high vibe and more fun. And yeah, we're ready for you. We are ready for you to get lit, to get your chakras activated. Um, But girls in there are already like manifesting new jobs and like unexpected money is coming to them and all these up levels and shifts and chakra hacks and everything's just happening for them. And it's so, so magical. Okay. So also, how are you liking the new album art? I'm obsessed We also have a new little outro at the end of the episode. I was going to change the intro, but I'm kind of like, I mean, the intro, I don't know. I I have a really hard time letting go of things. So yeah, I mean, we, it's new. We're new. We're back. We're new, but I know I'm keeping the intro for now. I made that executive decision, but let's get into the chakra tip. Okay. So I'm working with a new goddess. Her name is Durga. She's the goddess of all goddesses, guys. She's super pretty. She can kick some ass. She's very, like, ferocious, but also very, like, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful and seductive. And, like, I don't know. She just really is there to fight all the evil. And even though I don't like the term fighting evil, but she's there to kind of, like, release all the evil, which is kind of the story of my life. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do inside my own head. So Durga's my bae. Um, I bought this. Okay, I need to tell you guys this story. It's so crazy. So I got this little Durga statuette and I got it. I mean, ordered it from Amazon Prime, obviously the most spiritual shopping destination. And I took it out of the box. I put it on my altar. I did my ritual and then I went to go have a shower and do you guys remember the story I told you about when I saged without Palo Santo and then there was a moth and then it, no, first I had like this ghost situation and then there was like this black moth. And then I looked up like what a black moth means. And it means that like a spirit is leaving your home. Anyways, when I was in the shower, I kind of like hung my towel over the shower so that I didn't have to go out in the cold after. And I took the towel down I was about to dry myself off and this giant fucking black moth popped out of it. And I was like, OMG Durga, you are already killing the evil and like letting, allowing it to leave my home. Thank you. I'm here for it. Love you. So Durga works. She gets rid of the evil. And I'll just say like, I felt cause I'm doing a Durga mantra 
It is on my Kundalini playlist, might I add, which if you follow on Spotify, it's called Kundalini Vibes by Amberly Lyons. Um, and it is, okay, it's like, there's one that's actually called Durga Mantra. That's not the one that I'm doing. The one that I'm doing is, I'm looking it up right now because I can't remember, um, but it's kind of like close to the end. And it's called Ya Devi Sarva Buteshu. Okay, so Ya Devi Sarva Buteshu. Um, so you need to try that one. It's been quite fierce. We'll post it on the show notes also. Um, so yeah, Durga it up, release the demons. And we'll talk today in this episode a lot about releasing darkness with love. <sighs> okay. I need to do a chakra shout out guys to Grace Smith. We had her on the podcast. I've shouted her out before too, because she's just freaking amazing. She's a hypnotist. Okay. But you can buy these pre-recorded hypnosis, hypnosis on her website. So I bought one and it was like a weight loss series and it really helped kind of decipher like the connection between food, how it was like associating food with fun and associating food with family and associating food with, you know, all these other things. Um, and it really helped me clear the connection between that. And I swear one of the mantras in the hypnosis is every day in every way and every day, no, sorry. In every day and every way I'm losing weight and feeling great. And it's easy and effortless for me to lose weight. I swear to you, I've not changed anything. I have been eating all the things and drinking all the things because hello summer. And I've been working out like the same amount, but I swear I'm like feeling more in love with my body. I feel slimmer and trimmer and I'm really loving it. So I totally suggest the Grace Smith audios. I also got one for public speaking. And let me say, I don't love public speaking. I'm not there where I'm like obsessed with it and where I like feel high after. I still feel depleted after, but I only did it like four times, but I definitely did feel a difference when I spoke, I spoke at an event the other day and I had done the, the hypnosis, I think like three or four times. And I do feel like there was a difference. So she has one for everything. She has them for, you know, more general things like, oh, feeling more positive or, you know, having more energy. And then she has them for more like specific results. So she has like hundreds of them on her website. So go to gshypnosis.com. And we'll link you guys in the show notes to that as well. But she is so amazing. Okay. We're adding a new little segment to the welcome, a celebrity chakra analysis. You know, I love a celebrity, you know, I love a chakra. So why not combine them? I love looking at celebrities and their lives and what's going on with them and asking, well, why are they so successful? Why are they killing it? And it's usually because they've got one of their chakras or multiple of their chakras are like lit AF and they're doing the damn thing. So who I want to talk about today is slightly obscure, but still love her. Eva Mendez, you guys. Eva Mendez is someone who is married to the hottest man in the world second to my husband, of course, obviously. And she has the most freaking balanced heart chakra. 
Do you notice how Eva Mendez kind of has, like, she's got that, like, sexy feminine. She's got that on lock. But then she's also kind of got, like, a bit of an assertive masculine vibe. She could, like, kick some ass. So... On top of that, she's like this nurturing mother. She's a loving wife. She's, you know, super private. She's on that self-care tip because she's not like always out there and, you know, giving to other people. She's giving to herself, but also, you know, giving to us with her amazing movies and her amazing, you know, just vibe and fashion. So I'm giving this one this chakra celebrity analysis to Eva Mendez because she's got that heart chakra activated. And I mean, when you think of the heart chakra and celebrities, like it's really hard to choose one because of all their tumultuous breakups and relationships. But I mean, so far so good for Eva and Ryan. We're cheering you on. But I mean, if you broke up and Ryan was single, I also wouldn't be like super upset. So, but I mean, I do wish you the best. I wish you well. I wish you well. All right, let's get back into this episode, guys. So happy to be back with you guys. Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. Today we are here with a beyond special guest, Shaman Durek. He is a spiritual guide and the author of Spirit Hacking. He's literally the most magical being. His shamanic business and platform is really making lives easier and more activated for people. He's really got this way of interrupting your programs and patterns and really supporting you to change and evolve. He's got this non-sugar-coated way of doing it, but is still doing it with love. And it makes you want to do the deeper work and get rid of your bullshit forever. And he's really about creating avenues of intellect and consciousness that is based on love and held to open up engagement conversation and enlightenment so that people can see they are not a victim. And I think we all need that. I just read his new book, Spirit, Spirit Hacking, and I'm just beyond obsessed about this book. So I can't wait to share so much with you guys. Welcome to the show, Shaman Derek. Uh, thank you. What a beautiful opening. I'm so honored. Thank you. That is so kind of you. Oh, no, I'm, I just can't wait to get into this. And I, I let my audience know that I would be having you on the show and they're all so pumped as well. They're all asking me, where can I get his book now? Like, I want to read it now. And you've got to wait. When is it available, by the way? October 15th. October 15th. Okay. You can pre-order. Yeah, Okay. exactly. Everyone's going to go do that today. So let's get into our slumber party questions. What is your daily ritual? Uh, my daily ritual consists of waking up and speaking to myself i do this thing called wording yourself up where i I basically tell myself all these beautiful things about myself um then i throw on country music and dance around the house um and then i get up and i'll either go to the gym or i get some food depending upon my if i went to the gym before and then i like to do like different shamanic exercises like communicating with my ancestors talking to my guides um you know setting pre-setting my day like what kind of things i want the spirits to do for me in, in the day uh I'll open up certain energies for certain people and then basically i go play video games for a little bit and uh and then after playing video games if i'm not writing poetry or something i'm meditating 
And then I and then I meet with my team and my team pretty much comes in and tells me, you know, if I have an interview or if I have to do a guest spot or something or any, whatever it may be, if I have someone who's seen me privately or if I have to jump on a plane, whatever it may be, I just listen to them and then I talk about through everything and then I go about my day. Wow. That is, I love the juxtaposition between the video games and all of the spiritual rituals. What kind of games are you playing? So I play mostly conscious games. So I play this game called Abzu, where you are this, this being that was created by the goddess of the ocean and you go through the ocean and you get to see all the different fishes and you figure out what polluted the water. And then you, you, once you get that information, you deliver it back to the goddess of the sea. Um, I also play a lot of video games with my girlfriend. So we play like Super Mario Kart. We like to race cars and all that good stuff. Um, who, who is your go-to uh, go-kart guy? Like, who are you? Are you Mario? Are you Luigi? Um, I'm Princess Peach. Yes. She's the best. And she can fly, right? She's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. And I love the color pink. So yeah. it works out perfectly. Perfect. <laughs> okay, and my girlfriend and I- always plays like some obscure character with like spikes and stuff. It's really funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. So I know you love country music. I need to know who's your favorite country artist. There's so many. I mean, I just, uh, geez. Um, I mean, right now I listen to a lot of Zach Brown band. I listen to a lot of old classical country too, like Dolly Parton mm. and Johnny Cash. Yeah. Um, you know, I like um, what you call it, um, Willie Nelson. I mean, the, it's a it's a very eclectic list. Yeah. You know, John Denver. Uh, yeah. Just the feel good tunes. I do love a good country mo- moment. Yeah, as well. I, I like all country music. I mean, yeah. if it sounds good and it's real and they're talking about something that's from the heart, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm like a good like Garth Brooks era. I like Garth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. Okay, what is a crystal that you're working with? at the moment? Um, I don't really work with so many crystals, um, but if I did work with any crystals right now, I would say I work with um, Labradorite, Aquamarine, those types of crystals. Throat chakra goodness. Yeah, it's all about speaking the truth, speaking from communication. I work more with tachyon energy, um, which is something that I've been very strong about because I think it's it's, it's what's needed right now to increase your light body, to, to keep your chakras balanced, to keep your third eye open, to keep your, your energy field at the highest vibration so you're not affected by any kind of discordant energy patterns or frequencies that are affecting your um, subtle energy field. Mm. So I'm a very, I, I have tachyon rods that I, that I work with and I also get my students into and all of, you know, I talk about it all the time on my, on my platforms and I teach people how to use them for healing and, and increasing their consciousness and their psychic abilities and manifestation. And it's really powerful. It's so what, powerful. what is tachyon? So I do these rods they are called illumination rods. I even sell them, um, you know, and basically what they are is that they are tachyon energy. Tachyon energy is the fastest energy in the universe. It's, speed, it's, it's faster than the speed of light. So they transmit it into these, into these metal alloys. And basically what it is, is that it's zero point energy. So when you touch it, you can talk to the tachyon energy to like shift energy in your body, heal inflammation. Uh, what I do with my students is I help them boost their power so that they're able to talk to their guides and listen, um, spin their chakras faster, spin their electrons faster, really be able to act, um, to create active motions in their body with light frequency so they're not affected by any kind of dark um, energies on the planet. It's really important because the, uh, and anyone who knows anything about spiritual evolution knows that you should have a certain amount of tachyon energy 
energy in your body in order to evolve and to be able to access levels of consciousness that goes beyond um, what you've been told by your school system or by your parentals or your guardians or by the government or by whatever in this world is, is dictating these days to get you to, to, to blind you from your amazingness. Wow. Oh my God. How have I not heard of this? So you sell them? Are they like on your website? Yeah, I sell them. You can go on my Instagram and you can click on like my lit verified stuff that I have. Um, I also have put them in my newsletters and on my website. Yeah, everything. I mean, people have been calling me from all over the world and saying how their lives have changed. Children who have nightmares and are afraid of the dark, they, they don't have fear anymore because attacking on energy takes away all those energies. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I need to get one of these. Thank yeah, you you're for sharing. Yay. Next level chakra spinning. I'm here for it. Yeah. Okay. So you talk a lot about just because you're a shaman doesn't mean you're perfect. So what is like a guilty pleasure or like something that you feel might be most people might think is unshaman like that you indulge in sometimes? <laughs> the unshaman like. Um, well, I mean, I would say things that I indulge in that people might think is unshaman like is. No, that's a good question. Let me think about that for a second, because I got to think what would be unshaman-like as far as my perspective of, of what unshaman-like would be. Um, More like what people would think is unshaman-like, but you're like, hey, I'm a shaman and I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> um, I would say once in a while watching porn. Oh, you know? okay. Love it. Hey, sex is important for yeah, shaman. Yeah, you know, I think it's important. I think also... Um, I think one of the things that, you know, I think anything that people feel is not spiritual. Like, yeah. uh, I think that's kind of, I just kind of live my life. I'm not, I'm not into scary movies and things like that. But, you know, I mean, I, I do enjoy um, some of the pleasures of life. And I'm trying to think of what those pleasures might be. I'm not a big shopper. Yeah. So... Hmm, that's a good question. I'd have to really, maybe we come back to that question. Okay. I mean, I think porn's a great answer. Like, I would not, I'm not expecting shamans to be into porn. So I'm. Yeah, I think that. it's important. I think it's yeah. real. You know, I think it's okay. real. And I, 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 you know, I think uh, people put such an emphasis on like this kind of negative response about things when it comes to sex and different things of that nature. And I think yeah. I'm pretty open about that yeah and you actually have like a full section in your book about why sex is important and why sex is spiritual and it helps you like tap into your your pleasure and your you know your ecstasy absolutely i call you know rubbing the i call it rubbing the genie rubbing you know, the, the genie <laughs> you know get some get some get some magic going you know it's like people don't realize like even when you're in the act of being sexual or having orgasm you can actually manifest faster because that energy that you're generating in your body is the same energy that you would generate if you were super excited about something or, you know, so when you, when you tap into that frequency, that's when you want to start calling out the things you want to manifest in your life. Totally. I, I always picture me and my husband on a yacht <laughs> right in go. the moment. Yeah. So when you're like in that orgasmic place, just be yeah. like husband on yacht. Me and yeah. husband on yacht. Yeah. yeah. All the time. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Love second it. Second chakra stuff. Second chakra stuff, you know? Yes, <laughs> totally. Love it. Okay. So you have a very amazing story. I want to hear like a brief overview of your journey into becoming a shaman and deciding to make this not only like your empire, but your, your purpose to bring, you know, this force of light into the world. 
Uh, what card do you want to hear? Because it's a very lengthy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's go from like brief about childhood and then when it became, when you decided like, it's my purpose to turn this into a business. So I think childhood was, um, for me, was a bit challenging in the sense because I do come from a long line of shamans in my family that go all the way from, from Haiti to Ghana um, in Africa. And then on my mother's side, the Norwegian side, um, which is my mother's on Oracle. So, you know, having these abilities at a very young age and being exposed to it um, in a family that, you know, it's like my girlfriend made a comment to me once. She said, you know, coming into your family was the most amazing thing because it was like literally being in a family that you would see, like if you were to watch Charmed, you know, mm. like the, the old TV show Charmed, like these, any of these kind of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch kind of shows, you know? Yeah. And so my family has that has that is that is in, in that way but the, the difficult thing i think for me was being able to integrate my life into normal society and having a father who was very much more um half in half out you know like grew up training as a shaman um apprenticing to my grandmother um and then you know to my aunt and then all of a sudden like waking up one day and realizing that he can't he doesn't know how to fit that in to modern day society as he as he put it best and so for me how do i how do i not run away from those roots when they're very strong and i'm the one who's the next in line do i do my father's path which is to run away from it push it down act like it doesn't exist like most people do because everyone has gifts and abilities and when you have a system that doesn't really support it, you don't have a school you go to where they're teaching you how to develop your your intuition and teaching you how to develop you know your ability to to um, understand empathic your empathic abilities to feel other people's emotions and how do you how do you categorize that in a way that makes it so it's a functional in your life and it's not something that's actually you know causing you a lot of stress and um, over um, you know um, anxiety because of the fact that you don't understand why you can feel everybody all the time and every time so growing up in my home having the training was wonderful and having the skill set and learning from my family and my ancestors and from different family members in my bloodline, but at the same time, integrating that into the modern context or the narrative of what I was experiencing in, you know, in the world of America and, and you know, a very uh, cookie cutter type neighborhood, you know, and having that experience was a bit challenging for me, you know, because everyone thought I was a freak and, thought I was weird. I hid it from some of my friends, but then it would come out all the time. And then friends would start coming over and I didn't know who my friends were because some friends would come over because they wanted to like show me off and, and they like, you know, to have me do, you know, par parlor tricks as they would say. And then other friends would be friends with me, but then other people would not invite me to the, but they wouldn't invite me to their birthday parties or, you know, their gatherings with other friends they would have because their parents were scared of me or their parents thought I was weird. So I think it was a dichotomy between the two and the juxtaposition of, you know, how do I honor the truth of my being while not, while also feeling sad by being depressed and unhappy with the fact that I'm not being accepted for being born the way that I was. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there was, you know, for your father as well, like he didn't make it easy for you to continue your practices as well. No, not at all. My dad, you know, something I told my dad, he's a giant contradiction, mm -hmm. you know, and I said, to, and I think it also scared my father too, because he was told that he was going to have a child that was going to be the next in line when he was training with my grandmother in shamanism as a kid. And even though 
he knew all of these things and he rebelled so much against it by me being me it just made him more and more afraid because every time i was being me it brought up a part of him that he was trying to bury mm. and so it would come out in certain instances he would say certain things you know such as like oh you're at your friend's house i need to check your pockets i need to uh, check you check you and it was all because he wanted to make sure no one put like a spell or a curse or something on me you know or he'd be like oh no yeah like, like you know your friend shouldn't this friend shouldn't come to the house because i felt their energy and they're not coming from the right place and you know this person um comes from this kind of like background and but it was always like it was like a mixture between um do they come from a good family or is it, and, then, and also the spiritual aspects, would, he would say things to me like, oh, the spirits visited me last night and I know you're about to do this, this, and this, and I don't necessarily agree with it and I want to talk to you about it later. But yet, don't, don't practice your powers and don't let the world know who you are and what our family's all about because we're not going to be accepted and I have to fit into this society and I don't know how to fit in this society with these with this powers that our family has in our, in our generational bloodline. And is he still like that? Does he still try to hide it or has he embraced it more? Um, no, so he's no longer with us. He's not my oh, ancestor on the other okay. side. Okay. And he talks to me all the time. But before he died, he said to me, um, go full force. He told, oh. me to, he told me never hide it ever again. And that he started that he actually made it so difficult for me. And there was a point in time where he finally gave in and was like, okay with it, you know. Mm. And, um, but it was only after him being me just being very true to who i am and i you know my whole motto and i and i think i wrote it in my book was that i'm willing to i'm willing to wager my freedom over your need to love me mm, that's know? so powerful yeah i love that so did you so you did like the traditional like school route and like did you do university or like at what point were you like no i'm i'm a shaman that's my business i don't need university like what, what did that look like yeah, no, I didn't do university at all. I didn't even yeah. do high school. I left okay. school when I was in junior high. I my and then my dad, because my dad was very wealthy, he you know paid the principal by putting in a a new building in the school and uh, all this other stuff that they just gave me my diploma to go to high school. I went to like half a year of high school and realized that this is an institution that's trying to program me to fit in to, to work for the system. And I came here to the planet to take the system, um, to change the system and to make the system more viable and more uh, adaptable to us as a species, not to keeping us slaves to, you know, uh, this idea of yearning and, 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 and paying things to the system so the system can take more from us and then give us more and then take more from us yeah. and keep us on this kind of hamster wheel that humans have gotten caught up on and then making us be this like, how do I say, codependent species that requires them to build governments and social systems because we can't figure stuff out on our own so we have to go to them in order to survive and yeah. you know i think human beings are capable enough to survive without people being dictating to them rules and regulations on how they can be as a human being we spend 80 percent of our life my love 80 percent of our life is spent on survival 20 percent is spent on figuring who we are why we are and what the purpose is that's kind of scary wow. That's very scary. So what, like what, for the people that are on this hamster wheel and like stuck in the confines of the matrix, like what is the first thing that they can do to start to open up to their own purpose? 
I would say the first thing they can do is to ask themselves why are they on that? What are they doing? What are they yeah. doing it for? Is it so, so they can buy a more a another car or a bigger house or maybe maybe some artwork or some pillows for the couch? Like what what are you doing it for? Like mm -hmm. are you doing it for because it gives you peace of mind and it makes you feel loved and you feel supported and you get to spend more time with your family or your kids or your friends? Or are you just doing it because you're trying to meet up with the expectations that you feel that is being fed to you by media and by the world? There's nothing wrong with having a big house and having nice cars and having these things, but these things should not take away from the essence of life, which is your relationships, your connections, your great conversations, your wonderful time to share with people. I'd rather trade a Lamborghini in than to have a place for people to go to just have wonderful salads and healthy food and meditate and swim and laugh and paint and just talk about inspiration and innovation versus me driving around some car to let everybody know, you know, that, you know, that I'm this amazing guy and look at that I made it. Like we yeah. have, we have, we've spent a lot of our time, my darling, focusing our attention on the idea of being liked and loved and being gratified by the acknowledgement and accolades from other people that we've done something so we're worthy of being loved, mm -hmm. that we've antiquated that through the material perspective instead of antiquating it through the emotional, spiritual, mental um, perspective, mm -hmm. which is life. Yes, and you have so many great spirit hacks for us to get more in tune with it. So can you tell us like the fundamentals of spirit hacking? So spirit hacking is kind of like biohacking. So one of my best friends is Dave Asprey. He's, part of, he's a biohacker and he created this whole biohacking movement. And I call myself a spirit hacker because biohacking is great because it's great for creating things for your body to like, you know, boost your mitochondria and do all these different things. But the thing is, on a physical level, that's wonderful. But on a spiritual level, most of the things that we deal with on a physical level is derivative from our mental process of how we think, our emotional process of how we perceive, meaning how we feel. And then, of course, our spiritual process and how we actually understand or recognize the level of power we have as individuals. And I think that what happens is, is that with spirit hacking, the reason why, I mean, if I was to teach people shamanism, it would take 20, 30 years to take to really teach people the fundamentals of shamanism for them to become a shaman. So my whole thing is to ch take a lot of the teachings that I've learned in shamanism and put them into a modern context that supports people to move past the limitations and, and the blocks and the things that they feel they have to go to 20 seminars to do or 20 years of therapy or any of these things and get it done within like an hour or you know a week or a month, you know, and like get back to enjoying the good things about life, like going to the beach and surfing and like, you know, flying a kite and like spending time with your kids and, and like having beautiful dinners with intellectual conversations and stimulation that, that really creates orgasmic mental exchange in the spiritual body from that level, you know, being able to create healthy relationships without feeling that you have to jump around and walk on eggshells when you can step into this authentic place and, and draw in a mate that operates on the field of consciousness that is about unconditional love and acceptance where you're not trying to fix yourself or change anyone but you're just enjoying your time together and enjoying mm. the the beauty that you both amplify into the world by being with each other mm. so so to me spirit hacking is basically taking out all the nonsense of all of these, like, like, you know, when someone wants to manifest something, instead of you like feeling like you have to do like what the secret told you, which is like how to feel yourself through it and think about it. Or like when people tell you to say affirmations a thousand times, like it's, you don't have to do that. 
there's quicker ways to get to where you need to go. And what, I, what I've just done is just found formulas that, that, that embrace both science, psychology, kinesiology, understanding of dynamics shamanically and spiritually, as well as metaphysically, and put them into a practice and technique that allows you to bypass all of those, those like things of the have-tos that you have to do mm-hmm. and start getting into understanding the innate power that's already been in you since the day you arrived on planet Earth. Okay, speaking of energy, you know what's really important is the energy in your home. I've been getting so many questions about my office decor because it's just like so high vibe and I have like the cutest little waiting area with this sexy pillow on this pink bench. It's really been the talk of the Instagram town. Okay, it hasn't been, but like people are really asking about it. You need to experience citizenry, you guys. It's a socially conscious home decor brand. They bring actual artisan craftsmanship to the home made by real humans with real talent. Citizenry travels around the world, partnering with master artisans to create designs with soul, story, and purpose. So when you buy one of their pieces, it's really a reflection of all those individual artisans, designers, and dreamers who come together to create this beautiful collection one piece at a time. So the piece that I have is the iconic lumbar pillow. It's what really made them popular, and each pillow is hand-dyed with all-natural dyes such as native plant extracts, so there's no chemicals here, guys. A single pillow takes a talented weaving cooperative three days to make, all made start to finish in a fair trade environment, so no more searching for those perfect pillow combinations. I kind of can't with like going to six different stores and trying to find thing that, things that match. I'll just take one long pillow, thanks. And it just totally steps up the game of the room. You can use it on your couch, on your bed, or in my case, my adorable little office waiting area where I make my husband sit for a few minutes before he's allowed to ask me a question. But for every pillow sold, one third of the cost goes to that artisan partner, one third to citizenry, and one third to shipping and packaging. So you know where your money money is going. And I'm all about decor with a social impact, guys. Every dollar you spend supports fair wages, safe working environments, and it's a direct investment into artisans, entrepreneurs, And Citizenry donates 10% of all proceeds directly back into those communities where the artisans are living and working around the globe to help these entrepreneurs take their business to the next level. Because you are a beloved chakra babe, you get $25 off your first purchase of $100 or more, which is such a good deal. So go to citizenrypodcast.com and enter promo code chakra. So that's C-I-T-I-Z-E-N-R-Y podcast.com with promo code chakra and you're getting $25 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So if you're stepping up your decor game, do it with purpose. Yes. And one of the things, so I had a session with you, I think it was last year or the beginning of this year. And one of the things that stuck with me the most was when I, I can't even remember, I was talking about one of my issues and I said, how do I release something that's so deeply ingrained? And you were like, um, stop telling yourself it's deeply ingrained. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And you said like, when we're trying to change or, you know, go to the next level of elevation, it's not about what we call in, it's about what we release. Because once we release it, our spirit already knows how to bring us to what we need. So it's about like releasing that darkness. And you actually have the spirit hack in the book that is like five minute thing where you basically just talk to the darkness and release it into the light. Can you kind of explain how that one works? 
Yeah, so uh, what, most, what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot, we, we are, we are am, uh, amazing eternal beings. And when I say eternal, I mean eternal. Like when you see all these vampire films, you see people always wanting to have eternal life, you know? But at the sake of killing someone and drinking their blood, that's not fun. Yuck. Yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> not cute. Yeah, yeah, not cute at all. So the thing is, like, um, you're already an eternal being. And the only difference is you don't see your eternity because you're in a body that has microorganisms and cells that know that they're going to die and return back to the earth. And so they keep sending messages to your brain that, you know, that you're not eternal. You're, this is your life and then you die. But to the spirit, your spirit knows that it's eternal and it knows that this is just one embodiment of all the billion other embodiments it can take you out the galaxy if it chooses and that you'll never die. You'll be forever eternal. And so therefore, when we understand that, we understand too that uh, in shamanism, we look at that factor. And we also look at the understanding that every spirit is, um, is operating on its own accord based upon its choice of what it chooses to use its energy for, for creation or destruction. That's the understanding of God consciousness, is the, is the recognition that God is not an element that is put into some context that humans choose to make to, to match their frequency, such as the Santa Claus mentality of God, which is God punishes those who do bad and rewards those who do good. I mean, that's just like, give me presents under the tree, give me a lump of coal in my stocking if I don't do something good. You know, it's, it's the mentality that God is neither nor, and God, our source, however people want to interpret it, is just a, an energy source that amplifies code. And we are the writers of code. We are the, we are the writers of the universe. We are literally the storytellers. That's why in shamanism, storytelling is so important. So when a spirit dies, it's not, it's not based upon if it was good or bad. The spirit looks at everything it used its energy on. And if it can't accept unconditional love for all the things that it did, it chooses not to move into the realm of love. So it goes to this place we call the underworld, which basically is a, is a kind of a way station for spirits who haven't made peace with themselves. And they need a host and those hosts happen to be us. And we have come here to allow them to host into us, but because they're so clever in the underworld, they've built an infrastructure on earth that makes us believe that if we question anything, we're doing something wrong. So they built this thing called the matrix, which is basically an ordinate system that makes, that focuses on our consciousness and basically fills our consciousness through our own energy source. So we literally are writing the code for the matrix, but the matrix is basically giving us the code that's coming from the underworld. And we actually think the thoughts we hear in our head, which is what's, is, which is propelling those codes into motion is us instead of it being these beings that are seeking, seeking peace and seeking ability to move on, but can't figure out how come they can't because they haven't come to understanding and taking responsibility, which means ability to show up with love for what they did and what, how they use their power. So when we get a negative thought in our head, we think it's us instead of questioning that thought and giving it and saying, hey, you know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to bring you to the light. Like when I was a kid and there was a monster in my closet, you know, instead of me running or being afraid of it and being, I just went over the closet, I'm like, why are you here? And it's like, I'm, in, I, I'm here because I'm here to project your fear. 
And I said, but do you, do you need to do that? And it says, well, I have to do that because that's what I did when I was living. I said, would you like me to take you home? I'll take you to the light. It's beautiful there, you know? And so that's the consciousness of it. Yeah. Well, and I think too, the fact that, and one thing you mentioned too, is like not fighting those thoughts. Like if we're like, why am I thinking this? What's wrong with me? We're actually meeting friction with friction, which creates more friction. So to meet that with love and say, thank you for teaching me this, um, you know, but you can, let's put you into the light. It's so, so powerful because then that, that spirit or that entity gets hurt, feels heard feels loved and feels like it can move on. Exactly. It was like, I was telling a friend of mine, she worked, she was working for Vogue magazine with Anna Wintour and she invited me to dinner at her house. And she had this roommate of hers who had the spirit coming at, at like three or four o'clock every night. And he, and he didn't say anything on the dinner table. And I was like, Oh, how's that spirit? Been, how have you been dealing with that spirit? who's in your room. And he goes, what? And I go, yeah, the spirit is in your room. It comes in around three or four o'clock. It, it's, it's here. And it told me that it, it's been trying to talk to you. And he goes, Oh my God. And he's like, I'm not crazy. And literally I said, well, why haven't you talked to the spirit? And he goes, because I'm scared. I'm like, but why? It's just wanting to tell you its story. It's, yeah, but it keeps telling me about this child that died and it's scaring me. And I said, yeah, but it's telling you because it needs someone to tell a story to so it can move on. Why don't yeah. you just listen and be kind and listen to the story and say, okay, I've heard your story. You can move on now. I love yeah. you. Bless you. Yeah. You're done. Emancipate your spirits today, guys. Yeah. Like why do we have to always make, why do we always have to make it scary and dark yes. and sinister? And like, you know, these are just, it, it, it's like, we came here to be the light. Love and light means shine the light, hold the light, anchor the light, not run from things that scare you. It's embracing mm-hmm. love. Yes. Oh, I love that. So you mentioned the matrix as well. So the matrix, as you explain, is like this construct that is here to keep us stuck and keep us from elevating. So are there actual like people sitting in a room deciding this stuff, like deciding, like, let's put degrading lyrics in rap music. Let's make people think that they need fluoride in their mouths. Let's like, are people actually like sitting in a room thinking this, or is this some kind of like spiritual manifestation of darkness? Uh, no, yeah, they're definitely thinking it. Okay. Is it like the Illuminati? Yeah. Like, who's doing this? Uh, it's a group of people who want to stay in power on Earth. You can call them the Illuminati. I think that's one sector of them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they want to create a one-world system, and they know the only way in which to do it is to support the beings in the underworld. Yeah. Uh, the, all the Illuminati does is basically support the beings in the underworld. So what they do yeah. is they listen to the messages and... Um, the, the beings in the underworld give them gifts such as like, okay, if you do, if you do this, this, and this, and this to generate more fear on earth, we'll give you this, this, and this on the earth plane. So it's like, they'll give them like all these under, how do you call it? Secrets of life to make their life. So they stay on top and be wealthy and have all this power. And when their job to do is to filter down discordant vibrations into the populace so that we generate fear and that fear is us using our god power our source power which is supposed to be only in love which is pure light sustenance and we use our power because see darkness can't take your power it can't no one can take your power it Mm. can't it can't change you you it's all done by free will so Mm. you have to be the one that makes the decision to turn your light into darkness so they can use it to empower their dimension Mm-hmm. Their, their dimension needs to be powered by light, but it can't be light at the highest source because they get pulled back into the light. So it needs to be distorted frequency. And distortion can only happen when you use a being who's a powerful source who elects to use their light source in, in, for the darkness. So how do you do that? 
you get them to trip out on as many things as you can. So like, instead of someone seeing the waters, when someone sees water polluted, they keep saying, oh, the water's polluted, the world, the world is getting worse, the dead, people are never changing. They're supporting the darkness. And that's what darkness wants. Mm. That's why darkness scares you when you're a kid. It sends shadow, it sends these beings into your room to scare you, make you get fear. So you'll never go to the unknown. You'll always be afraid of your own power that sits in the unknown of you recognizing that you are this embodiment of creation in this body like Christ was and Gautama Buddha who, who was once the Lord Siddhartha became the Gautama Buddha and all these amazing beings that pre that you know that pre there were precessors of ours that said hey I did this you can do it too and you can do it even more I just set up this, the building blocks for you but now you get to decide how you're going to take that further and so what what darkness does is it gets into the minds of these people tells them they'll stay on top in power but in, in exchange they have to manipulate the populace to generate more fear-based energy and they do that through war through media through de de divisiveness through uh music you know, I mean, music is mantra. And if you ever studied Sanskrit, you understand the word mantra, what it means. Mantra is a repetitive code that builds an ordinance of power that expands through your consciousness and out into the people in the world around you. So if I can make a song where I make you feel like you're not enough or that, that every relationship has to end in heartbreak and pain and suffering, then I can sell you things commercially that will make you believe that this is the way you get over it yeah and so your power is always outside of you your power is always being thwarted outside of you not because someone's taking your power but you're handing it over because you think something's missing inside of you that there's some depletion when in fact there isn't yeah and i feel like there's this like you know group of like people you know spiritual people that are like if you're not fighting the fight against the matrix and the construct then you're not helping like we can't all just be love and light like what is your view on that like how can we i mean going and like i don't know holding up a sign and yelling at people doesn't make me feel good so i don't think that's <laughs> that's my journey but like how can we be a part of expanding the light in our own selves or like in the world well, you know, the thing is the whole love and light thing, right? It's like yeah. talking about the love and light. Okay, so totally. it's become more of a trendy word and an example of of, of, of badge honor. Yeah. If I'm, you know, love and light brother, love and light. But really what love and light means is that no matter what, under any circumstances, no matter how difficult or painful or unjust or uncomfortable, you hold the highest vision for, uh, for this species. That's basically what love and light is. It means that you anchor light. You, you are the ambassador of love on planet Earth. That means that you could be talking to a rapist, a criminal. You could be talking to someone who um, just like is saying mean things to you. And you're not going to focus on their darkness. You're going to focus on their light that's inside yeah. of them. Even if it's a tiny little flicker you're going to focus on that light and breathe life into it. Mm -hmm. And so when people get into this kind of like, you have to be on the front line. Look, not everyone is meant to be on the front line. Yeah. Not everyone is meant to jump in the mud. I can jump in the mud. Yeah. I can swim to the deep, dark depths of human consciousness, but not everyone is meant to do that. Some people are meant to sit up in unicorn land. Some people are meant to be like, you know, on a higher vibration of just holding space for joy, for happiness, for playfulness, for glitter, for sparkle, for, for, you know, for unicorn kisses. Some people are just meant to hold that field, that eminent field of joy and pleasure mm -hmm. and bliss. Mm -hmm. And they're still serving 
the light. Yeah, but then those people need to make sure that they're recognizing their own shadows and still working with their shadows in order to be authentic light. Right, but the shadow, the shadow they only have to recognize is the part of them where they haven't showed up with unconditional love yes. and acceptance for themselves, where they're not showing up for love and they're judging or putting down some aspect of themselves. Like, I'll give you an example. I had a friend and she was in a relationship with this guy and I went over to her house and I said, look, this is the last time I come in to dinner at your house. I said, why? I said, because every time I come to dinner at your house, you guys are bickering and arguing and I, you're not amplifying love and I just don't need to be sitting in front in the middle of this cesspool of, of, of this type of energy you're sending out frequency-wise to the planet. Mm -hmm. I said, so I go, either you both get to honesty with yourself and realize that you're not compatible. You want a man who, want, who has money already. You want a girl who wants to understand you just started your startup company. You're not what she wants and he's not what you want. So why are you fighting each other because you're fighting yourselves? You're only fighting each other because you're fighting yourselves. You're fighting your truth. And I go, your truth is you want a man who has money. She goes, yeah, but that makes me sound like I'm a gold digger. I said, be it as it may, claim it and own it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's this one thing you, mm -hmm. sorry. Right? That was one thing no. you said in the book too. You were like, some people just aren't fucking compatible. Like you need to know that you've got your own signature and that that doesn't mean that it's going to work with everyone. Yeah, and it's okay. Like, you know, yeah. you could be with someone sexually, and if you're not having good sex, you're not sexually compatible. Why would yeah. you try to build a relationship off of not being sexually compatible? Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, no. And all the things need to line up, and if they don't, then it's, there needs to be a level of acceptance for that. Yeah, don't go be with a man who you, you, you want, you're a woman who wants to have uh, wealth and prosperity. And that's your true, that's your true signature. Yeah. You like nice things, and you're going to go be with a man who, who doesn't? Yeah, and I, well, well, and that's a, well, and that brings us to another thing too. Is that people, some people think like having nice things or having you know wanting to be abundant is unspiritual or like isn't you know is a shadow or is darkness. Like, what's your what's your take on? Like, I love a good designer bag. Like, I don't let it ruin my. I don't get it. Let, let it um, define me, or you know, it's not something that I'm basing my worthiness on. But like, I feel great when I have abundant things around me. Like what's, what's your take on the spirituality around that? So I think as long as the material does not take over the essence of your being. So you said it very, you said it yourself right there. You just basically gave the answer to the question mm. you just asked me, which is basically this. There's nothing wrong with having a nice bag. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house, a nice car. As long as it doesn't basically become the thing that defines who you are in the spiritual nature of your being. Meaning if the bag makes you lit and you like when you hold that bag and you feel lit, then yes, heavens yes, take that bag with you when you walk out the door mm -hmm. because you feel lit. But if you have that bag because you're trying to represent status or you got those Manolo Blancs or you got those, you know, those batons because you want everyone to know that you made it and that you're someone that you're just telegraphing insecurity. Yeah. And then that just makes you even worse because that what it means is it, it telegraphs scarcity, it, it telegraphs fear, it telegraphs all these energies, which will then eventually take over you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do it because it makes you lit. But if it doesn't make you lit, then quit. Yeah. I love that. Ta I'm tattooing that on my body. <laughs> uh, if it doesn't make you lit, then quit. So good. Right? It's like someone's got to spin those chakras. If it's not spinning, that's what you want to say. If it's yeah. not spinning your chakras, let yeah. it go. Exactly. It's not in the flow. Right? Exactly. Let's there say we it. Go. If it's not spinning your chakras, let it go. It's not in the flow. You there got me. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so good.
<laughs> so good. Okay. So I, and I mean, on that same note, how, like, let's talk about the feminine factor. Like, how do we like, kind of like own our femininity without feeling like we need to be this boss babe in a power suit. Like, you know, we're in these like wild times right now and there's these imbalances with the feminine masculine. Can we, can you explain how we can do our part to balance that? Yeah. Well, I think the whole being about boss babe is like, it's the consciousness of I have power now. Don't you see respect me? Yeah. But the thing is you don't, you don't demand respect. Mm -hmm. Okay. You operate in the field of respect from within yourself. Remember men in the world do not learn by what you say to them. They learn by how you treat yourself because men are linear. Women are quantum. So when men watch a woman, they treat you based how you treat yourself. If you talk bad to yourself, they're definitely going to talk bad to you. Mm. If you if you don't give yourself blessings, like if a man starts dating you and he doesn't see that you adorn yourself, you give yourself blessings, you take good care of yourself, you, you fill yourself up with beautiful words that empower you, I guarantee you he will not be doing the same. And if he did, the relationship will go sour very quickly because you will become what we call codependent on the nature of that which you're getting from him, which you should be giving to yourself. Mm, and always, that's a that's a slippery ass slope yeah because, you, know, you know what i mean and yeah. so the, the key element is to recognize the queendom queendom is what i always talk to women queendom 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 you don't have to do much as a woman to be recognized in the power of your glory it yeah. doesn't require much for you to do other than for you to just nurture and give to yourself. The greater example that I have is this one picture that I saw once where there was a woman and she's combing her hair. She's completely naked by the ocean and she's just combing her hair with her sisters and they're all like, you, they could be considered mermaids or whatever, but they have legs. And it's an old picture that comes from the, you know, the old painters used to paint where you see the woman by the water, just combing her hair by the water, that level of, 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 surrender that level of being completely vulnerable but in power mm. it's like nourishing and nourishing and nourishing the self comb she's combing her hair as a symbolism of no, acknowledging the self mm. and so there's this beautiful essence of divinity that re that resides within women that's already there that represents the queendom you don't need to argue you don't need to fight you don't need to bicker you don't need to do anything all you need to do is have what i call resilient power it means power that's inside of you that is so clear that no one would like you. The boss babe is known from inward. It's not the boss babe that's known from outward. There's an old, in, in African culture, a, a strong woman does not even have to say anything. You can feel her strength from inside. When she looks at her kids, she doesn't have to say, don't touch that. She just looks at them and they already heard the message inside what she does, what she wants for them, mm -hmm. for their survival, for their whatever it may be. Women have intrinsic power inside of them, intrinsic wisdom inside of them, intrinsic nurturing nature inside of them. But the nurturing nature quality of women have been derivative to the outside world of depletion because they feel that they had to get something. It's been very, it's been very codependent. If I give you this, then you'll give me this. Which mm -hmm. means, and then when I don't get it, I feel like I have to fight for it. What are you fighting for? You're fighting yourself. You're fighting your internal struggle with yourself for recognizing the blissness of your goddessness. Mm. So it's like really just about honoring our own femininity and then the men around you will rise up and do the same and the people around you will rise up and do the same. Of course they will because there's no other way about it because if they didn't, they'd have to get to going. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I actually have this practice that I do with myself and my clients where 
I write down like the five ways I want to be treated and I start treating myself that way every single day. So it's like, you want to be spoiled, spoil yourself. You want to be honored, honor yourself and like come up with ways that you can work that into your day. Um, and yeah, I I love that. I call it getting full or blessing up, blessing yourself up. Yes, exactly. Bless up. I love it. And so you said women are, did you say men are linear? Women are quantum? Yeah. How you said it? Okay. So can you explain what the linear, what linear means then and how they're different? Yeah. So when men deal with any situation in life, we always look about how it, how it benefits us. Because we're always looking about, we're always looking at it from the context of moving forward from point A to B to C to D to E to F. We don't see the quantum levels of all the multiple different things that could possibly happen within that within that step or within that 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 forward motion in our life. Like men don't walk into the room and look at everyone's emotions and then find the exits to and find where the bathrooms are and then look at all the artwork on the wall and then look at the energy that they see and then know exactly where what's happening and where all the danger spots are and where there could be possibly be a fire. And, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. They're not concerned about that at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, uh, and an example of this is when my husband and I are walking the dog and my husband has the dog on the leash. My husband won't even notice that my dog is like stepping in poo. I'm like, hello, like, how did you not see that? Exactly. Like, just, because that's how just, we don't see. Exactly. Don't he's see just that. like, he's like, I'm here now. And then I'm going to the park and I don't see anything in between. Yeah. It's like, I'm walking the dog. It's a, yes. it's a, it's a, it's a linear task. I'm walking yes. the dog. Yes, exactly. The dog walks into, it's like, it's an example. Like a friend of mine was complaining to her husband. She's like, I can't believe you didn't put the diapers and I can't believe you didn't put this thing. And I can't believe you didn't bring an extra nipple in the bag. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, Monica, first of all, you have to understand something, my love. Okay. Mm -hmm. We don't see those things. Yeah. We're not thinking like, oh God, maybe this nipple, maybe we should have this extra blanket and maybe we should have this. Yeah. We don't think about it that way. We think, get the baby in the car, get the bag packed, get, get, we got to get to where we need to go. And what happens after we get there? What's the next step that happens after we get there? And what's the next step? So men are operating in that field. Plus men, because we're linear, we operate in the understanding of production and building. Mm-hmm. Building production, building production. We always like, okay, what what needs to be, what needs to happen in this next moment? What needs to happen in this next moment? So women operate in the circular, which is the quantum. They go through the different phases of what they see as the possibility of both the inner and outer. So they're not just operating in the field of the structure, which is why I love the movie The Matrix, because the, the architect is the one who built the matrix, but the, the but the, the oracle is the one that understands why the matrix exists, like what it is, why the architect built it, and what's going on inside of it, and where the flaws are, and how it needs to come into harmony versus disharmony. Mm-hmm. Whereas a man sees more of the structure. The structure is working great. Everyone's working in the structure. This is how the structure is going to be because this is how it needs to be because this is all I can see. Yeah. And the oracle's like, no. If you do it this way, you're controlling people, you're limiting people, you're holding them back. And that's why it's so important for us to develop the feminine factor for men as well, because we're lacking in our intelligence to be able to decipher what we're building, creating, innovating in the world. Does it benefit us or just putting money in the bank or does it benefit the whole of mm-hmm. us? Is it all inclusive or is it only segregating one over the other? And that's where we fall in short in our evolution and that's where women come in as the, as, as, as I would say, as the, 
the survival mechanism for planet Earth and human beings on planet, not the Earth itself, because Gaia's got, Gaia is good. Gaia is good. Gaia is like, I'll freeze you all over and you won't even live on Earth anymore. Yeah. Okay, I'll become an ice planet, you know, but so Gaia is good. It's Gaia. It's not Gaia. It's, it's the human species that we need yeah. to be concerned about. Yeah. So how can we have, like, is it, <coughs> the, it no worries, is it up to the women or can us, can we as women help the men bring themselves more into that, that feminine to like, not just be about, you know, what's in it for me? Like is, how do we find the balance? We find the balance by stop playing into men's uh, manipulation. Okay. 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 Men are manipulators. It's their yeah. natural order to manipulate you back into the position of them having power because they're afraid that they, men have a lot of insecurities and we carry those insecurities in us from the idea that we always are looking at if we are, uh, you know, do we have the things that make us look good to other men? Or yeah. do we have, you know, so it's based on sex, it's based on money in the bank, it's based on who's on our arm, who's dating us, it's based on, like, who do we know, it's socially accepted by our, our peers. So women are looking more from the understanding it's everyone taken care of. Right. Men are looking more of, okay, is, how is this benefiting me? So yeah. the reason why, how women can support men is by helping them understand that when you go to argue with your man, you've already lost. Right. Because the moment you argue with a man, a man knows one, that he's, that he's going to argue you just for the sake of burning you out. Right. And the thing is, he's not arguing. He's, if he goes into an argument with you, it's because he is wanting to prove his power. It's a power game. It's called power mm. play. With my right. girlfriend, we don't argue. Yeah. We have a different opinion about something. I listen to what her opinion is. She listens to mine. If she doesn't agree with mine, I don't agree with her. We leave it open and then see what happens during the week or the month if one of us, uh, if one of our opinions is the one that is serving both of us moving forward. Mm. We don't need to be right because mm. right is coming from insecurity. Yeah. And, I, and so women have to say in their queendom, queens don't argue, queens can keep their crowns on. You know, you, it, it, you, the better thing I told this, I told this group of women yesterday, I said, the better thing for you to do is go, you know what, honey, I can see your point of view. I don't agree with it. However, if you want to hear what I have to say, let me know and I'd be willing to share it with you. Mm, that's really good. Right? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. what it does is it makes, it makes the man go, oh my God, she's not arguing with me. She probably yeah. has something that I, that, that I do need. It makes him learn to respect you more because you're not feeling the need to fight. Yeah, hundred percent. So, is that so? You talk about the life code and allowing females to sense quantumly. So, tell us a little bit about that. So, women, every woman on the planet who's who's born a female have what is called the double chromosome in their body. The double chromosome in their body allows their intellect, their body, their organs, and every part of their being to generate life source energy. That means the life code. The life code in them is that they actually see the internal structures of things, not just the outer, the, uh, mm, the external. Okay. Which means they see the value of life versus not seeing the value of life. Okay. And we just, to, to continue that and to deepen that, is it like, how do we do that? So to continue that and to deepen that is to let yourself go through these periods where you have, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, 
like I always tell my male friends, like when your wife is having an emotional moment, you need to support that because she's on to something very powerful. Mm. Like she's going to upgrade. It's an upgrade for the family, mm. right? Because women have to go through these internal death ceremonies with themselves to die from the world they see, to be reborn into the new understanding. That's why women are constantly, um, you know, with, uh, the whole period of being in the shamanic principle of women going into menstruation is a sacred act that we should honor on the planet and not make women tippy-toe around asking for crampons secretly so because they, they feel like they, they don't want men to hear because it sounds embarrassing. Yeah. Now, it's like my buddy said the other night, he goes, I buy, he goes, I go to the store and buy tampons. I throw that on the table. And I said, yeah, my woman's reproducing. What's up? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you <laughs> she know, can create <laughs> life. Like, hello. Yeah, hello. Like, you know, like, let's not make this a dirty, secretive thing. Like, yeah. oh, you got your period. Like, even with, you know, with, when it comes to my relationship, you know, I have three girls. I let them talk to me about anything. They can talk yeah. to me about menstruation. They can talk to me about boy issues. They can talk to me about anything. I'm not sitting there trying to, like, make it uncomfortable for them. I want them to know they can talk about anything, anytime, all the time, and I'm always there showing up in my heart space because I'm here to learn about them to support their needs. The biggest issue that men have is they think they understand women completely. I don't understand women completely, even though I am a women's empowerment leader, that doesn't mean I understand women completely. Yeah. I have to shut up sometimes and get in. So the way women support men is by not making us feel bad about ourselves, but kind of like leading us on a journey to our own discovery. Mm. So it's like, honey, you're on to something, you know, you're so powerful and you're smart. You're on to something. You, you got it. You, you're, you're understanding. You're, oh. you're, gonna, you're getting there. That's Not like, good. oh God, I can't believe you. You know, uh, I can't believe you did this or I can't believe you did that. The worst thing for a man is to hear that he's in trouble all the time. He yeah. messed up all the time. We want to hear like, you did well in this area and you're improving in this one. And that makes me happy, honey. Yes. That. And I hear a, a question I get a lot is, oh, my husband or my boyfriend's not spiritual. Like, sh can we be together still? And I always just kind of say, like, you know, women hold the aura of the relationship. Like, the more you rise up, the more he'll rise up into his own. Um, yes. And if he does, and if he doesn't, he'll fall off. <laughs> and you won't that care because you'll be so high that you don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, God, sis. That yeah. was like a wonderful gust of wind of love. Yes. Truth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. the, that's the consciousness, my love. It's the, it's the understanding that people will say to me, oh, my husband's not spiritual enough. I think I should leave him. I said, first of all, you're not spiritual enough when you make that yeah. statement. Yeah. Because you think spirituality is bowed down to your yoga, your, 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 your Lululemons and your yoga mat and the fact yeah. that you go to work with a shaman and, you, and you've done all these, these uh, holistic things that you know, that you read about in Goop and whoever else, whatever else you're getting information from. Yeah. That doesn't make constitute spirituality. No. Spirituality means your willingness to evolve. Is, does he want to evolve? She goes, yes. I said, then he's spiritual. Yeah. He just may not take observation of certain spiritual practices mm -hmm. that are centered either in Hinduism or Afrikaans or Peruvian, you know, Peruvian or Native American or in, in Chinese culture or whatever it may be where these different practices are derivative from. But it doesn't mean that he's not spiritual. He's just not taking observance of spiritual practices from different cultures that you are engaged in. Yeah, but it's like he'll be connected to your spirit as you continue to rise and it will rise, rise him as well. So we yeah. need to own it. Love it. Okay, so we are so over on time, but this has been so amazing. <laughs>
So <laughs> let's let's move on to our last segment, I promise. Um, manic moments and manifesting, where we talk about our last meltdown and the last thing we manifested. And I'll go first because this is less of a manic moment and more of a moment that I didn't listen to my intuition, but I went to the dentist yesterday and I did the fucking fluoride and I felt so sick after and I intuitively knew that I shouldn't do it. Um, and I, she like handed it to me and I was like, oh, I didn't want to be rude, but I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I, I just, I just can't with the, with that's a matrix thing, right? Like you need to have fluoride in order for your teeth to be healthy. Otherwise you'll get sick. Exactly. So bad for us. So I did not listen to my intuition. And felt shit after. So that was my meltdown, my manifestation. Um, well, I have like what 80 now new clients in my membership. And I'm realizing how much I just love that feminine creativity and content creation. And I think that's really what's being allowing me to, you know, manifest that even though I like just launched the last week. So I'm feeling super pumped and um, bringing myself back to the creativity because I feel like I got into like this really like business mode and um, got to work with like the top level clients who are making millions of dollars. But now I'm like, I want to bring it back and create something that everyone can do and be creative and fun and flow. So yeah. And it's working manifesting. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Have you ever heard of Nadine Artemis? I have. Oh my gosh. I'm having her on the podcast. Yeah. She's amazing. I'm glad that you're doing that. Yes. She, she's amazing. I'm actually, she's putting a kit together for the whole dental stuff for me and my girlfriend and the kids. And, oh. Um, she's amazing. So she all, yeah. So you will never feel bad about the floor. She's like, well, you know what? Bob, you know what you say? You know what spirit? I took the floor, right? But I'm having Nadine on the podcast. Yes. So that, <laughs> that got me some <laughs> <laughs> So true. Oh. Okay. My, okay. Um, my meltdown. Um, I just had a meltdown recently uh, because of the paparazzi and the press that was out on me with my coming out um, to my, um, with me and my girlfriend going public with our relationship. And it was a meltdown. It got really dark. It got really scary. Um, I cried, I screamed, uh, I, I even had thoughts inside of my head of suicide um, because it just became so intense. And I started thinking back about a lot of my friends who are in the eyes of the public and they always said to me, Derek, there's going to come a day where you're going to be in the eyes of the public um, in a bigger way and you need to prepare yourself for what's coming because of what it feels like. And we can't explain it to you until it happens to you. And once it happens to you, you're going to get it. And it's in that, and I remember saying to them, oh yeah, I'll be able to handle it. It's going to be okay. And then when you have like 50 paparazzis in your face at the airport, you're coming down the street, go to the restaurant, they're in your face at the restaurant. You go to the gym, they're in your face at the gym. You, you mm -hmm. go to the restaurant in London, they're there. You go to every, you go to New York, they're following you down the street. It's just like, and I got to a place where, you know, they were going to my mom's house. They were, they were going to friends of mine. They were, you know, um, it became so invasive that I started, all my insecurities came up and it all came up around like, you know, how are they going to like, what if they found out that I had a drug addiction when I was really young or mm -hmm. how my alcoholism, like something I talk about in the book, like how are they going to spin it? How are they going to spin this? How are they going to spin that? You know, and places where they were being nice, reporters were being nice to me. And then all of a sudden, pretending that they liked me and then when I read what they wrote it was like this horrible thing and I had a meltdown and I had like a really bad meltdown and then I came out of it and what I learned from it 
was that no one, these people don't know me. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just wanting to get a story. They don't really know me. And when the people are taking pictures of me, I don't need to run. I just need to let them take their picture and then go and focus on what's important. And that's the people and not get so affected by the horrible things that people are saying, because what I'm actually doing in, and this is the manifestation aspect of, of that is I'm stirring the pot. I'm stirring the pot of my relationship with, you know, uh, a royal uh, princess of uh, being black. It's bringing up a lot of, I get a lot of racial hatred. It's stirring the pot for uh, my, my sexuality and what I believe about sexuality um, and the fact that um, I'm soul sexual. It stirs the pot for me being a shaman, being with, uh, you know, the princess and all these different things and everyone's viewpoints on everything. I mean, I'm basically stirring the pot of every major issue that people have about themselves or about life and I'm bringing it to the surface for healing. And so to me, that's a great manifestation. Mm, yeah. So I'm, I'm right? And it almost gives you an opportunity to have looked at those things where maybe they did make you feel shame or did make you feel like, oh, what are people going to think? And be like, you know what? I don't really care. Like that doesn't really matter because exactly. I love myself. So it's almost like just that next layer for you. Um, a to, cleansing. It's a, a next layer of cleansing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And even just friends too. Like I've had some friends who would try to, you know, go into the press and sell stories about me. Um, and I, it, it gave me a really strong uh, understanding of like the people in my life Mm -hmm. Are these people in my life because I'm Shaman Dirk? Or are they in my life because I'm Dirk and I'm just a guy who wants mm -hmm. to play video games and laugh and be a kid and do cartwheels on the grass and have fun with beautiful people and who are inspired and I get to inspire them and I get to love them unconditionally and they love me unconditionally or mm -hmm. only they love me when I do what they think a shaman should do or they think that I should be or be or do as according to their, their, their book about what they think is, um, you know, what they think I should be. And I've, it's really helping me to see myself in a much more uh, transparent way mm -hmm. and also helping me to understand that um, I need to be clear about the type of people that I bring around me. I only want people around me who are playful, fun, you know, and unconditional. Mm, so beautiful. Well, I'm so happy for you and your girlfriend and everything and your book and you're so inspiring. And this has been so freaking lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you, honey. Thank you for having me. Can and thank you... you for all those who are who are here listening. I love you all so much. And remember, you're, you are a powerful quantum creator. You came here to be a giant and you came here to keep it lit all day, every day. Yes. And let everyone know where they can buy your book on Amazon now. Like what's the best, yeah. where, where's the best way to find you online and where can they buy your book? So you can buy my book on Amazon um, and also Barnes and Nobles or anywhere books are sold online. Uh, the book is also worldwide. So it's launching worldwide. It's not just going to be in America. It's also in Spain. It's in London. It's in Australia. It's everywhere. Um, and also uh, you can check me out at Instagram at Shaman Dirk. You can go to shamandirk.com if you want to take training and learning and take go to my shaman school and check out my podcast at Ancient Wisdom Today where we put the power back in your hands. Yes. Okay. And we'll link you to everything in the show notes, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This has been so fabulous and we'll catch you next time, everyone. Bye. Okay. 
Thank you so much for listening. Remember, karma's real. So if you love this episode, go leave a comment, rate us five stars, and subscribe. And you're going to manifest a mini heart chakra upgrade because you got to give if you want to receive. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at chakragirlco and shoot me a DM. I'm here to chat. Also, you can find more info on this episode at chakragirlco.com. That's where you're going to access the show notes. And while you're on my website, check out the newest online hotspot, the Chakra Girl Glam and Grounded membership. We would love to help you activate those chakras, babe. So step into that chic life and join us in the Glam and Grounded membership. Love you, mean it. See you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.